What's up, everybody? It's the Power Rankings Podcast, a.k.a. the Power Rankings Show. I'm your host, Elliot Harrison, and I'm pleased, as always, to be joined with the, I'm hoping, prepared, at... Marcus underscore Mosher. How are you? I'm doing well. It's one of my uh, favorite days of the year. I love all the roster transactions that we get today and tomorrow. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I noticed a lot of names of guys that were hot names just like two, three years ago are now without a job. It's crazy how the NFL works. It's, you know, sorry, I'm, I'm going to go back to my old standby, but draft coverage. This guy is going to be starting at corner for the next 10 years. Three years later, he's on his third team, just got cut by the Bears, you know, who have nobody. Yeah. Sorry. Way, to, way to take a negative attitude towards us. I like to look at it like, look at the young players that made a 53-man roster that are just beginning to start their careers. Don't be so negative, Elliot. Well, I can't help it. So okay. I know you have some hot NFL news that, you know, fresh out of the oven with an opinion. So let's go. Let's hear it. Yeah, I mean, biggest news of the day, Saints moving on from Ian Book. Just an incredible uh, release. I know how excited you were about Ian Book last year. So you know what? That's fine. Hey, if if he stunk so bad, then why spend a fourth round pick on the guy? It's a good question. I don't know. He did. You know, I, it, he wasn't good in college. He wasn't good at the Senior Bowl. He wasn't good at the NFL. So I. I but the draft is such a scientific process, and you just don't understand, man. It's strategy. It's intrigue. It's. Can, can honestly, I tell you the? One of the things I have noticed... The draft uh, is such cherry-picking. You might as well roll a dice. I'm sorry, bro. Stop, stop. Uh, One of the things I have noticed today, and actually this has been happening a little bit more over the last couple of years, is teams are just not giving these guys three or four years to develop like they used to, right? Teams are moving on quickly. I saw the Vikings today. They've released... So they had two third-round picks in... Or excuse me, three third-round picks in the 2021 draft. And they released all three of them today. I think they have one player left from their 2021 draft class. We're talking about a day two pick, which we're always told how important day two is. Honestly, how many day two picks from 2021, 2020, and 2019 are already out of the league? Oh, Seriously, f- already out of the league. Quite a few. I'm not talking about having a job. They're not even on a practice squad. Yeah. It's ridiculous. We should do that research. I'm sure you have a grid somewhere you know i remember don't worry yeah i remember bill parcells telling a story how his first year he was with the giants the giants went 312 and one his first year um definitely a not a great start for a hall of fame coach you'd be surprised how many hall of fame coaches had horrific first years but so that year he was really frustrated and so he would call tom landry for advice tom landry and bill parcells were in the same division right that's very unusual and 
Landry would help him because Landry was a friend of the Mara family. He'd coached for the Giants as a defensive coordinator. He played for him. So he helped this young coach out. One of the things he told him is, if you're not seeing it by year three, you've got to you got to go. Mm-hmm. You got to cut bait. You got to you got to lose it. And I think now it's year two, Marcus, in today's yeah. NFL. I do. And you don't have to become a starter or anything by year two, but you've got to at least show some signs of development because if you don't, teams are just going to move on. We saw that across the league from today today in the NFL. It's probably my biggest takeaway. So we've got some news and notes to get to. Marcus has no idea what they are, so I'm just going to surprise him and we'll get his organic take because Marcus has entered the mail-it-in phase. No, I'm, I'm, I'm in the all uh, in phase yeah. right now. I'm just l- yeah. l- looking at every roster. I'm so excited. Is that shirt yellow or ecru that you're wearing? Uh, it's like a gray. That's not gray. <laughs> it's not even. It's like it a looks gray. Like vanilla pudding. Uh, you know what? It's gray. You, it I might be the filter. Drive. It might be the filter that I have on here to make it look like I'm tanner than I am. It's turning yeah. it more like a yellowish color, but it's definitely gray. I was going to say, I could drive around L.A. all day. I could go to Ross. I could go to Target. I could hit out of the closet, you know, vintage store. There's no way. Even if you offered me $5 million, I could find a shirt that color. Tractor supply, buddy. Tractor supply. (laughs) When are you going to start getting only farmers? Are we going to start getting into that? I think we should get them to uh, sponsor us. Big money, big money, big money. By the way, well, never mind. I'll save this for another time. So uh, I want to ask you some before we get to the news and notes, because we have no football this weekend. What is something you really want to see this football season? Off the cuff. Mm. A, team, a team winning the Super Bowl that's never won before. Something strategically to change. I, I uh, want to see some of the, the young quarterbacks develop, because I really feel like the NFL needs like a Trevor Lawrence or a Zach Wilson or some of these young quarterbacks to to really get better because we are going to be losing Tom Brady eventually, right? Eventually he's going mm-hmm. to retire. Tom Brady's getting, or excuse me, Aaron Rodgers is getting older. I feel like we need some of these young guys to develop. So I want to see Lawrence. I even want to see like somebody like Jalen Hurts take a step up. This is where Andrew Luck's retirement kind of comes into play because he was expected to be that next row of mm-hmm. Tom Brady, right? Mm-hmm. Once the Tom Brady's and Aaron Rodgers retired, it was really supposed to be Andrew Luck, that next group. And obviously that didn't happen, although I'm not one of those people uh, that did not applaud his retirement. I thought it was the right thing to do. I recently watched, rewatched the video of him getting booed off the field in Indy in the preseason. What was that, 2019? That was crazy. Yeah. Just a crazy, crazy couple of days uh, with the Colts. I wanted to talk to you about a couple little moves that, that have been in the news or little things. Chiefs kind of dodged one, man, with Juju Smith-Schuster being able to practice. There was a little bit of a fear that that knee injury could linger into the season. Marcus, I was stunned when I saw that he was only 25 years old. He seems older than that, like he's been around longer than that. Mm -hmm. This is a guy that could really – here's a guy – sorry. But Juju Smith-Schuster is definitely a guy that I think could have a big year. I mean, like 1,350 yards, 10 touchdowns catch 90 balls. I, I I could see him doing that. I'm not saying he's going to do it, but he's probably more on track for that than a lot of other players around the league. He's somebody that I really struggle with uh, for a couple different reasons. He's really had one great season, and that was in 2017 when he was a rookie 
and the Steelers had Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger was Ben Roethlisberger was playing really well. Since then, he's battled multiple knee issues. Uh, he had a shoulder injury last year that kept him out the, for most of the season. I know he's only 25, but he's got kind of a beat up body, Elliot. On top of that, he's really a slot receiver, and his best football comes in the middle of the field. I wonder if it's a little bit redundant with him and Travis Kelsey. It could be, but the other way I look at that is slot receivers present major matchup problems. There's so many teams around the league, frankly, Marcus, that don't have a corner that can cover the slot. And when you've got two guys like that in the interior of the field, that is trouble for a defense to handle. Um, It means you're basically going to have to be playing without linebackers or only one linebacker, and then you're going to run the ball all day on them. So even if Juju only has 1,050 yards, six touchdowns, maybe the Chiefs run the ball more this year effectively. Now, that's where Juju could help. Is Juju is a fantastic blocker. So you can leave him into the slot, and then you can motion him down inside the box and have him block. He'll help out there. I just – I would be shocked if he has 1,000 yards this season. I really would be. Yeah, your Wi-Fi is crap. You're starting to sound like Tron. Actually, I say that. I never saw Tron. Just for a second, you sound like you're talking into a fan. Did, no, I did just, you do that when you were a little kid? Did you yeah, go up to the fan and talk into it? Yeah, I just okay. – I. Sorry, I think Juju is going to struggle to get to a thousand yards. I don't know. You never saw Predator, so I can't even trust that you talked into a fan as a kid or put baseball cards in your bicycle spokes oh, or anything. Gosh. Yeah, yeah, it's it's concerning. Okay, so I want to go to a different player that's kind of going the opposite direction. I think Juju will ascend this year. Uh, and by the way, I should mention Ben Roethlisberger, his play from 2018 up. How many passes at the line of scrimmage and stuff? Surely that that hurt Juju. I get the Antonio Brown argument, uh, but I, I think playing with Mahomes is going to make a big difference. Sure. Go, going to the other side of the line, different player in the AFC that I feel like is regressed, and I was shocked. I didn't know this until I saw it today. So uh, <laughs> do, do you know where I'm going with this, with the Dolphins? I'm just curious. No. Can you guess? No, I, I have no idea. So the news is that Byron Jones got pushed on, put on the uh, pup list. Mm-hmm. And there was a time a couple of years ago when people thought Byron Jones was maybe not a star, but a Pro Bowl caliber player that was uh, a jewel to get on the free agency market. Mm-hmm. I saw where PFF, now you, everyone has different opinions of PFF. I know you kind of take it with a grain of salt, but they had him as their 93rd ranked cover corner. And this is a guy that's going to miss time. I mean, first of all, maybe the guy should be put back to safety, which is where the Cowboys had him. But he just seems like a guy that has really gone downhill, and there hasn't much been, been much talk about it. And he only has four career interceptions. Uh, first and foremost, Pro Football Focus is a wonderful company. I think they do a fantastic <laughs> job over there. Uh, I, I say that because my first article came out for them today. Uh, hey, but- how about that? <laughs> how about that? Uh, I. I think getting away from Brian Flores' defense will actually help Byron Jones a little bit. I'm not sure Byron was the best in some off-man or off-zone coverage stuff. He's really never been a zone guy. He's better when he's just man-to-man. And I think that's what Miami's defense is going to go back to this year with him and Xavier Howard once Byron's healthy. But I think you're right. Like It's clear. He's progressed over the last three years. He's making a lot of money. He needs to have a better season. I know, man. I know, man. I, I thought he played pretty well at safety for the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he played better than their safety play last year. But um, I, I, I get 
you know, you, there's a greater need at corner. And if you have a guy that can play both, why not put him at corner? Although that's changing. We've talked about how the body styles and the responsibilities of safeties are, I don't want to say they're nebulous, but they're not. there's not as big a gap there between corner and safety like there used to be as a position uh, across the league. One other note on PFF. Even PFF basically has said, take us with a grain of salt. In other words, this isn't supposed to be Bible. We're just going off of what we grade, and what they grade is what they can see. They don't know what their coaching was or what the scheme was. And so I think PFF does a good job at what they're supposed to be doing. But they can't how – are, how are you going to be able to grade a team's secondary as well as their own defensive coaches? You won't because they know what the responsibility was. And you also don't know if a corner is – basically covering for a play that a safety messed up on, except et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, that's my little diatribe. Uh, I want to go to Byron Jones, his former team, the Dallas Cowboys. What's the backup plan, man? Uh, they're all gone. Ben DiNucci got cut, uh, what, a few days ago, right? Mm-hmm. Cooper Rush gone. Uh, Will Greer gone. What do you think? Do you think they bring Cooper Rush back? Do you think yes. they're going to try to get somebody off the market? Yes, this is what we call roster manipulation, right? So because Cooper Rush is a vested... That's creepy. I know. Sorry. He's a, he's a vested veteran. He does not need to go through waivers, which means the Cowboys can add him right back to their 53-man roster after a day. Cooper Rush is going to be the backup. I would expect Bill Greer to be back probably before week one. I think just don't think it's a big deal. Yeah, the Cowboys, by the way, saying uh, Jerry Jones saying they're going to get Tyron Smith back for the meat of the season. Now, I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, Cooper Rush made a little name for himself, beating the Vikings on Sunday Night Football more than a name for himself. Played a heck of a game, uh, threw it to a receiver. The Cowboys didn't uh, bid valuable anymore. The game winner. I don't know if you're familiar with this. Samari Cooper plays for Cleveland. Did they move on from him? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So that team that Cooper Rush uh, beats the next one on our list, the Minnesota Vikings. Now, this is blasphemous, blasphemous for you. But to think that the Vikings are getting offered third or four, or not getting offered, but want a third or fourth round pick for their backup running back. All I could do is think of you scratching your head. So how do you feel about this? Uh, so that would be Alexander Madison, uh, the, the running back yep. you're referring to. Who- He's a good player. It's a fine player. Uh, oh, here we go. Here it comes. By, here it by comes. most people's account going into the draft, he thought was like a fifth or sixth round player. The Vikings reached on him in the third round. I think he's been okay, but there's just running backs. Well for them. Come on. He's been better than okay for a backup fun. running back. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, he's a running back that doesn't have a lot of home run speed that doesn't play special teams. Like I just doesn't have a lot of value in today's NFL. So I think they're going to hold on to him, but we'll see. I just, you know, I saw that and I thought, oh my gosh, the idea of the Vikings getting a third round pick for him would just make you, I, I don't know. I think you would just puke if you heard oh, that. Anyway, let's go to the, that, that'll, uh, when's that next time a running back is going to be traded for more than a third round pick? Like, is it going to have, is it going to happen again? I don't know. That's a really great question, but. You know, I would ask you this, given what we just talked about, how much is a third-round pick really worth anymore? I mean, we if we can make the case that running backs are overrated, we can certainly make the case that third-round picks are overrated. Uh, Am I wrong? Look at this, don't, look at the Vikings, right? I don't I don't disagree. The, the problem is, is if you're going to trade a third-round pick for a running back, you want that guy to have more than one year left on his contract, right? Because it just makes mm-hmm. sense to draft the running back in the third round the next year 
get four years on his contract and then move on. I, I don't see any team doing that for Alexander Madison. Yeah, by the way, Madison only averaged 3.7 yards a carry last year. I'm looking at his stats, remarkably consistent in terms of rushing yards each year, 462, 434, and 491. Yep. But his yards per carry and his yards per reception have gone down uh, significantly, I might add. He only averaged 4.3 yards per touch. That is not good uh, for a running back. So I would be shocked if they even got a fourth. But here's the good news. If they get a third, you know what that means, Marcus? If they get a third-round pick, they can just botch it like they have their other third-round picks. It would be great. Would you say three of them now? Kellen Mond, Chaz Surratt, Wyatt Davis, all released today. Yeah, Kellen Mond, a lot of talk on Twitter about his poor play uh, over and over again. Another uh, group or subject that makes Marcus internally vomit, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, They pick up Malik Reed, a a former starter for the uh, Broncos. Get T.J. Watt a little bit of uh, help here. Just, I know... I know it's not great big help, but sometimes just getting a five or six sack guy, Marcus, can give you just enough. You get 30 snaps out of him. A little bit like we talked about with Anthony Barr, although this is a sure. younger player. Yeah, and, and the thing with the Steelers is they had no depth behind T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith. Alex Highsmith, the other starting edge rusher, he's not practiced at all during training camp with a core injury. Remains to be seen if he's going to be ready for week one. They just needed somebody else. That they, if they needed somebody in week one to play, they, he could do it at an admirable job. Uh, Malik Reed, I think, can do that. It's his fourth year in the NFL. He's got quite a few sacks over the last three seasons. It's fine. It's a fine pickup. I just, you know, when we talk about this, the changing state of the NFL, I know everybody wants the 10-sack guy, but you really have to look beyond that because what you really need with pass rushers are guys that can give you 30 quality snaps. Because then you can rotate in fresh legs. And when you're thin at pass rush, it doesn't matter if you have a TJ Watt. You need yep. more there. I thought this was a smart move. Let's go across uh, state to the Philadelphia Eagles, another team you don't care for at all. Uh, they keep getting better. They get Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. What do you think about that? Uh, I think Chauncey Gardner-Johnson's a really good player. I do. I, I, however, I think Twitter has made him out to be a little bit better than what he is. I think... Twitter and social media, they love mouthy defensive backs that chirp all game long. And that's kind of Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. But they needed a slot corner. They needed somebody who could play safety, especially after releasing Anthony Harris today. I think it's a fine pickup for them, and it cost them basically nothing. It's a good player. It's a good player. Yeah, I'm just thinking about this in myself because, you know, you you don't like chirping. Hold on. If he was a great player, the Saints could have got more than some late-round pick swaps, right? He's a fine starter. No, I get it. You don't like chirpy defensive backs that are cocky that really speak out of turn. I can't think of anyone like that that might have done that recently. To be fair, my guy wasn't loud on the field. He's loud off the field, just not on the field. All right. Uh, yeah. Cool. San Francisco 49ers. Uh, interesting report about Jimmy G. I'm trying to remember who reported this, um, that basically they delayed shoulder surgery so that he could hit the free agent market next year, not get traded. Um, the reason teams aren't going to trade, by the way, for a guy that's got a shoulder injury is because that's going to delay their absorption of the offense when we're talking about the quarterback position. If it wasn't a quarterback, it might be different. Yep. Um, it's a smart move. Now, we had talked about Deshaun Watson wanting to hit free agency sooner, and I told you I didn't think that mattered as much 
because of the amount of money. But for somebody like Jimmy Garoppolo, I think it matters very, very much. Uh, it, it was a shrewd move. He's now with the highest paid backup in the league. I mean, Trey Lance, we're assuming he's going to play the whole year, but the 49ers have a good team, Marcus. They may still need Jimmy G this year, even if he ends up playing for another team. Just like uh, the Patriots needed Drew Bledsoe before he went to Buffalo, they, they maybe don't win that championship game at Pittsburgh. There have been other examples of this. That's just one that comes to mind. When you know a guy is on his way out. I, I think this is a horrendous move by the 49ers, to be honest. I think it's an awful decision to bring him back for a couple different reasons. Number one, the 49ers have been really successful with Jimmy Garoppolo, right? And mm -hmm. he's beloved in that locker room. The last thing you want is the, for Trey Lance to be looking over his shoulder like, hey, if I happen to throw an interception here, is Kyle Shanahan going to take me out and put in Jimmy Garoppolo? I, I just don't think you needed that extra you know, pressure on Trey Lance. On top of that, I'm not sure I trust Kyle Shanahan to continue to play Trey Lance because he knows he can go to the Super Bowl with Garoppolo. So I, I just hate this all the way around. I don't. I think you're hating it as a fan. You're not hating it logically for a second. If you have a chance to win, like the 49ers do, it's good to have a strong backup quarterback. You need that in the NFL. You, you just do. And it doesn't always come into play. It does. I know. I know. You want to argue with me here on this? It's just. It's but. different than any other situation we had before, where you are taking out a guy in the lineup who has made the NFC Championship multiple times for a completely unproven player. Okay. The other side of this is when did we start coddling quarterbacks so much? So what? So you have a guy looking over your shoulder. Do you not have a guy looking over your shoulder in college? You got seven guys no, looking over your shoulder in college. Yes, you do. If, if you're if you are a top recruit, not really. I mean, do you think Trey Lance at North Dakota State had guys looking over his shoulder? Not at North Dakota State, but how many how many top recruits never pan out? Tons, a lot. A lot. Tons. But I, I just think this is so different when you had a team that could have easily been in the Super Bowl last year, and you're basically saying, hey. Uh, you're on the bench, but we're going to play this much less experienced guy behind you. I I just couldn't disagree more. I okay. mean, make these guys compete for their job. You know, don't just hand it to them just because they're a top pick. Work for it. Earn it. Study your playbook. Get into I, the building. I, I just think it's different than like Tom Brady and Drew Bledsoe, right? Because they, they, they went with Brady because he thought they gave him the best chance to win. Do you really think Lance gives them the, the best chance to win this year? No. That's why Not it's that's why it's going to be difficult, right? Because what if Debo Samuel is not getting his targets, right? And he's only catching three or four passes yeah. a game. Do you think Debo Samuel is going to be like, hey, Kyle Shanahan, I'll put, put in Garoppolo. He can get me the ball. Sure. Lance can't be. Sure. I just so, think you're, okay. you're causing problems that you didn't need to have. Yeah, that's an inconvenience. Uh, granted, you're causing problems. Okay, what's the alternative? What if Trey Lance falls on his face? Who are you playing? If you don't have Jimmy G, who are you playing? I'm not sure. So now you have a good team. Now you have a good team that can do something. A good team that probably should have won the Super Bowl last year, or certainly could have come very close to winning it last year. And now what? Why go seven and ten? Just to just to prove a point and get rid of Jimmy G so that Trey Lance doesn't have to look over his shoulder. I think if because you're a when bad you team... But when you trade three first-round picks to go get Trey Lance, you have no choice. You are all in on Trey Lance. Yeah, but there's, a, there's an old saying, don't pour good money after bad. 
just because you spent a lot of capital, whether it's money, draft picks, players, whatever, you don't keep pouring into that well. We don't know what Trey Lance looks like at practice. Maybe he's not preparing the way that he should. Maybe he's not picking up blitz reads the way that he should or protections. We, we don't know that, man. But either way, in an NFC that's really pretty weak, the NFC East is weak. The NFC North, the Packers are weaker. The NFC South, the Bucks are weaker. The Saints are still pretty good, but the Bucks are probably going to win the division. The 49ers absolutely have a chance to make the Super Bowl. Should they just blow that? Because then it kind of goes to what's what do you want to do, Marcus? Do you want to just develop quarterbacks for the future so you can be the Cowboys and go 10 and 7 every year and make money? Or do you want to win the Super Bowl? We've talked about this before. That's I just that's I just think the 49ers have made this a very combustible situation right now, right? Where if if Lance struggles at all, rather than having him work through the struggles, it's going to be a lot of tension. Hey, should they? Should we play Garoppolo? Should we pull Lance? Should we take Lance out of this game? Like, I, I there's going to be some growing pains with Trey Lance. It's going to happen because he's going to be a first year starter. I just don't want him to be concerned about him potentially being benched. It's one thing to be a first-year starter for the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's another thing for the 49ers. If this were the Jags, I would agree with you. You're not going anywhere, most likely. At best, you're probably going to be 8-9 and nine or 9-8 nine and eight at absolute best. And, you know, Trevor Lawrence is your future. But, you know, Trevor Lawrence also proved it last year when he had certain games that he, was, he played pretty strong. What did Trey Lance prove? Nothing. So we're just going to hand him the keys? I don't know, man. I, but, but you know what? I will... I will make this concession to you i'm probably in the minority most football fans and i would say analysts think like you do they think do not hurt the quarterback's feelings don't make him compete don't don't you know don't hurt his confidence and i I just don't see it that way but hey that's why we have different opinions let's go to some general nfl stuff so i saw some of the names of guys that got cut and again, it reminds me of the draft a lot. But remember the Patriots won the Super Bowl a few years ago because they played Danny Shelton. Danny mm-hmm. Shelton, he is uh, out on the street right now. Philip Lindsay was a darling running back in fantasy. And for mm-hmm. the Broncos just a couple of years ago, no, O.J. Howard was considered one of the best tight end prospects maybe ever, maybe ever. He could catch the ball. He could block. He could run after the catch. He could do it all. No job. And then one, one of the offseason moves that you talked about a lot, this guy was a first-round pick. Sony Michelle also without a job. And that's yep. on a team that's got a very injury-prone uh, player and another new running back there as well, the Miami Dolphins. Uh, and I'll give you some more. Uh, Tyler Johnson, receiver for the Buccaneers, who made some yep. big catches in the playoffs over the last two years. Mentors. Yep. Preston Mentors. Williams, somebody who a lot of people liked uh, the, the Dolphins release. We mentioned Ian Book. Marlon Mack, released by the Texans. I know some people were maybe expecting him to win the job there, uh, but it seems like Damian Pierce has that one locked up. The Patriots released two third-round tight ends from the 2020 draft. Uh, Dalton Keene, Devin Asi-Asi, they combined to catch five passes in New England. Uh, not great. Mentioned Anthony Harrison, probably the biggest name today that was released, Alex Leatherwood. First-round pick by the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, um, we talked about him a lot. I mean, you want to talk about one of the worst drafting stretches in NFL history, John Gruden, Mike Mayock, from 2019 to 2021. I'll, I'll read them all to you. Cleveland Farrell, number four overall pick, could very well be released today. Josh Jacobs, he's a running back, 
declined his fifth year option. Jonathan Abram, they declined his fifth year option. Henry Ruggs released because of off the field stuff. Damon Arnett, first round pick released. And now Alex Leatherwood. That's six first round picks, and none of them are going to be on the roster in 2022. When did the Raiders take Mario Edwards? Was that 18? 2016. 16, okay. Because he, I saw that he was another guy that got cut. He was yep. a pretty high pick for them, though. Uh, yep. Mario second Edwards. round pick. Yep. Yeah, second round pick. Uh, so it's same, not draft just, as, uh, they, same draft as Garyon Conley, who played, I think, seven games for them. Oh, uh, their gosh. first round pick. Yeah, out of what? Houston, I think, right? Uh, that was from Ohio Houston State. Cougars. Uh, that's a different one. DJ DJ Hayden, 2013. Oh, that's right. DJ Hayden. Played nine that's, games for them in the first round. <laughs> Another guy. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. It's amazing that the Raiders are as competitive as they are. I mean, when you whiff on basically like 12 first-round picks over the last five or six years, I mean, that's tough to come back from. Well, one, it does show that they've had some success hitting on day three. Uh, number two, also, it shows the importance of undrafted free agents and teams that can get those guys right uh, really help themselves out. But, I mean, Marcus, how many third-round picks have we seen get released in the last couple of days? Oh, That's what ton. I'm saying. And no team wants to part with a third-round pick for a player. Oh, I can't give up a third-round pick. I mean, that's too rich. Why? You're going to bungle it anyway. How many third-round picks actually turn into starters these days? I bet you it's less than a third. Oh, I bet you I, it's I would, less than a third. I, I would say like six players probably in every class in the third round end up becoming starters. Okay, so by the way, that's less than 20%. You got 32 teams? Yeah, it's quick math. I know, you're impressed. Um, so why not part with a third-round pick to get a guy that can help your football team? It, it, it's that simple. I, I, I do not get it. I don't understand because all the people that love the draft so much, they speak about the strategy of it. But there's no strategy if you're not if you're playing the percentages because you have to do that as part of strategy then you have to play the percentages of how many of these guys turns out turn out to be busts and i don't i just don't think it's looked at that way i think a lot of this has to do with the finances of it because if you do hit on a third round starter you're not having to pay a lot of money and so you can keep your big franchise quarterback and you've got a rookie draft pick starting for you yes Especially know, if you play special teams. Yeah, I, I know that you don't watch Family Guy, but there's this really cool scene in Family Guy where uh, Peter's sitting down at the table and he says, hey, I can give you this brand new boat or I can give you this mystery box. And Peter takes the mystery box because he says, it could be anything. It could even be a boat, right? That's kind of the way, way I feel about draft picks is, hey, you could trade your third round pick for a starter right now, or you could hope down the line that you draft somebody who eventually develops into a starter. Uh, I think draft picks tend to be a little bit overrated. I mean, golly, even in the day two, it's not just day one. Day two is like, this guy's going to help this team for the next – they're not even going to help the team for the next five years. Nope. It's a total rent-a-player is what it yep. is. Oi, uh, oi. Okay, let's open a football card. Right. I'm depressed. So, <laughs> Football pack, sorry. Uh, football box. Imagine, imagine being a uh, Raider fan right now. All right, so here we go. Yeah, we're, really. we're digging into the 1991 action-packed cards – and today okay. we pulled gold foil. Is that Freddie Jones? It's Ernie Jones. Ernie Jones. Sorry, Ernie Jones. Yes. Yep. Okay, uh, so Ernie Jones was the Cardinals. Let's see. I think he started some games, but he was pretty much their third wide receiver. They had Roy Jetstream Green, which you know is one of my favorite players ever. And then they had Ricky Prohl, 
was a rookie in 1990 for the Cardinals. I know you're a big Ricky Prohl guy. Come you, on. Of course I am. Still in the NFL coaching today. Yeah, Ricky Prohl caught the game-winning touchdown for the Rams in the 99 championship. He caught a touchdown for the Panthers in the uh, Patriots Super Bowl. Uh, what, what were Ernie Jones' numbers that year? I'm going to go like 544 yards. Which, which year? 1990. Five, uh, four, 43, 43 receptions for 724 yards, 16.8 yards. So one of my favorite things about this set is it'll actually tell you what the player was doing on that picture, right? So yeah. with Ernie Jones, it says Ernie pulls in the first down yardage on a button hook versus the, Giants. the Giants. I knew it. Ernie stepped into the starting rotation midseason and finished the year as the club's third leading receiver with 43 catches. He led the squad so, with 16.8 yards per catch. If you look at the background of that card, you can tell that's Giants Stadium. Oh, yeah. Giants Stadium. Yeah. Uh, there, even though there's no Giants in the picture. That game, the end of that game, is on YouTube. Um, and the, the Giants barely beat the Cardinals. The Cardinals quarterback was another supposed to be uber-talented draft guy, Tim Rosenbaugh. That never worked out. And I believe Everson Wells helped seal that game, your dad's favorite player, mm-hmm. as a member of the Giants. So... But you were Pretty just a little twinkle. There. You were a little Pretty twinkle in your dad's eye. Yeah, we we are big, big, big uh, Everson Walls fans over here. Yes, my first autograph, Everson Walls. My dad was working at a Toyota dealership, and my Everson Walls came in to buy a Toyota Supra, and my dad sold him a Supra and got his autograph. It was my first football autograph. Pretty sure mine was the Shea Townsend, by the way. Did you tell him you ate the Steelers? I, I think I told the story of the podcast before, but uh, the the Steelers, this is when like the Steelers practice squad and like guys at the bottom of the roster, they would come to our school and play basketball against like the high school kids to raise money for charity. And after the game, they had tables set up where you could go get autographs and stuff. Well, I went over to Deshae De- De- Townsend's table and I have my Dion jersey on. And he told me that he uh, wouldn't give me an autograph unless I took it off. So I didn't take it off. I walked over to the next section. He kind of came and signed the back of my shirt. So <laughs> he signed my Dion jersey. Oh, boy. <laughs> and now we get a little insight into our last podcast, in case you <laughs> didn't listen to that. So, yeah. I wonder what Uncle Scott thinks about, uh, your Uncle Scott thinks about this debate, about should you coddle a quarterback and get rid of his backup because his backup might be better than him? Uh, when your team is a Super Bowl-ready team already. Well, I don't think you're right on this one. That's all right. All right, that's it. I'm going to give you the last word. Uh, all right. Yeah, today is a, a lot of guys getting cut, a lot of guys getting traded. Ultimately, a lot of this stuff doesn't matter, though, because the rosters are going to change so much between now and week one. And with so many players eligible for the practice squad, the practice squad being much bigger than we're used to seeing. You can keep 16 guys on a practice squad now. I think cut down dates a little bit overrated. So there's my hot take for the for the day. Cut down day hey, overrated. Hey, that's a good point. You know, because it used to be 47 man roster game day, 53 overall. You had six guys, I believe, on the practice squad, and so those spots are really competitive to mm-hmm. get on the practice squad to get an NFL job. Now, if you got on the practice squad. Another team could come and claim you if they were going to put you on their active roster. I think that's how the Cowboys lost Danny Amendola. Didn't they put him on their practice squad and Philadelphia came and claimed him? Mm-hmm. I could be wrong on that. I think that's I, what happened. Yep. Yeah, that's how it used to work. 
I think they elongated this uh, for the 2020 season with the pandemic if, so that they would have more flexibility with guys uh, with COVID, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's when they went to this uber long or uber large uh, practice squad list. Although my practice squad history is not as good as it probably exactly. should be. I'll try to try to sharpen up on that. I got a, I got another trade for you that I, we can say before the podcast heads out. Raiders okay. trading Trayvon Mullen, second round pick for 2019 to the Cardinals. Good corner. Why don't the Raiders just trade their entire 2023 draft now? They said, look, we're not going to disappoint any more people. Might as well just get, get some players that can play. Look, it's not all bad for the Raiders, okay? It's not all bad. I think they're third place in the AFC West and a playoff team. <laughs> that still might be a playoff team. Yeah, so hey, that's my take. Anyway, that's enough Raider talk. If you want too much Raider talk, you can read Marcus's work for USA Today. He covers them there. If you want too much Cowboys talk, you can head over to Locked on Cowboys. Marcus yes. hosts it with Landon McCool. Uh, I'm ready for the music. There it is. Yeah, that's our cue, always. I'm at Harrison NFL on Twitter. He's at Marcus underscore Mosher on Twitter. Are you dancing? Yeah, it's in a great that song. Custard yellow t-shirt take care everybody we'll see you later this week we love you all bye-bye